Hey folks, we got a slightly special edition for you this week, uh, focusing mainly on one theme. Apologies for some of the crackly audio in it, but I firmly believe that the high energy conversation is going to make you forget all about that, so pretend I never said it. Cheers and enjoy. Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, Sunny 16 not being a rule you're going to need much this week, Uh, not being a rule you're going to hear much about this week because this week we are ramping up for World Pinhole Photography Day and uh, that is the subject of our podcast this week. Uh, Something I know a lot less about than Graham who probably knows a lot less about than our very special guest uh, this week. First of all though, uh, Graham, how you doing mate? I am cock-a-hoop this week to have with us somebody who, to be honest, in a certain way, I think, kind of justifies why we started this podcast, so we could lure people like this on the show. Um, And it's somebody who we've been talking about on and off for over a year now. Um, It's great. And, you know, I think in the world of Pinhole, probably one of the leading lights and celebrities, and from previous uh, viewings on things like The One Show and Radio 4 and Blue Peter, now to the Sunny 16 podcast, which I suspect may be something of a step down. Um, welcome to the show, Justin Quinnell. Oh, thank you very much. Next stop, Crime Stoppers, I reckon, at this rate. <laughs> My God. Um, hello. Hi there. Hi there, people. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm glad to have been able to actually have some a bit of time where I'm not sort of trying to fend off kiddies or Easter holidays or drill holes or stuff like that. You do seem to be an incredibly busy person. We were just before we started. You were saying about oh, the thing about pinhole is it's about slowing down, and we need to try and slow down the world. Um, actually, for the benefit of the listeners, would you like to just restate the story of your contact with the boss of Twitter and how successful? Oh that yeah, no, that's. I mean, that's all part of it. It's just weird, sort of just trying to step just trying to look at it which is like almost like not having a viewfinder viewfinders do my head in you know because they tell you what's going to happen <laughs> and if you know what's going to happen in life there's no point you might as well become maggot fodder now you know i'd rather not know i enjoy not knowing and the you know the twitter thing it's simply like it's just suddenly has this idea of like sending him a letter so i sent him by post a letter saying dear ceo uh please could you let me know how to do a tweet and uh, hoping he'd send me a letter back. And if he did send me a letter back, I wouldn't open it because you don't know what's inside these sort of uh, unsolicited <laughs> stuff. But that actually came from me writing off. I did a talk at Washington, D.C. a couple of years ago. And uh, I used to know the picture of the, of the Washington Post. And I changed hundreds of times and stuff. So I thought, I'll find the email. You can't find email addresses in America. So I sent a letter. And he emailed me back. So this is the first letter I've had for years, he said. And he came to me talk and stuff. And I made an absolute arse of myself. So he'd never speak to me again, which is a shame. <laughs> His wife worked for National Geographic in the picture editing department of National Geographic. And he introduced me to her and went and said, hello. And she's a little She went, hello. I said, oh, National Geographic. I said, mm, nope, never heard of it. I said, <laughs> and uh, being English, I think that's funny. Being yes. American, you don't, which is a real bummer. So I messed up there. It's rather like I also, God, years ago, it was um, somebody wanted me to do a mouth picture of their baby they're going to have in a few weeks' time. And uh, I said, look, I'm really busy. And there were reasons as to why I was really busy. And then she phoned or she emailed and said, look, you know, I've just had my baby. It's a, it's a boy. Really nice if you could sort of photograph us. I'm sorry, too busy. And about six, seven months later, I suddenly noticed her name. 
and it was Peter Gabriel's wife. And, and this is Peter Gabriel's kid that I was supposed to photograph. And I messed up. Never mind. Um, I'm so, yeah, this slowing down. This slowing down is odd, but it comes from, I think, you know, light is that like all we got. And the pinhole photography, which is anything in the way of the object and the actual light sensitive material. There's just air. There's just space. And I think it's so back to basics the more back to basics you get almost like it's forcing you to wonder there's nothing sort of like you know coming in the way there's nothing as as i've waffled on a few times recently about is there any is there any wonder in an app and uh it's amazing i was having go on some virtual reality the other day a friend of mine does virtual reality and he was climbing up everest the other day on a virtual reality google earth thing and um, it's incredible. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, but there will be time when there won't be any wonder in that at all. You know, it's, it's strange. But like when there's something like a, an optical projection, like camera obscura stuff or, or making a picture of an empty aluminium beer can or, or just emptying a beer can for that matter. Um, you know, it, there's something amazing about it because we're so led along by, you know, more pixels, more fun, spending money and all the rest of the stuff. So this slowing down is really it's a really interesting thing. And I don't know, I could go on about six month cameras and stuff like that. The the fact of like capturing stuff beyond vision, capturing really long periods of time. It's not all I do, but you know, it's, it's something that pinhole suddenly the opportunity arises. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, for, yeah. for, for people who may not, cause I mean, I suppose, although our listeners are all into analog photography, but they may not have come across your stuff yet. Although uh, anybody who's looked into, especially things like solography, it's hard to miss you because you are one of the prime names out there. I think because of, the way you, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Brought it to the world in such a. It's um, very, it's very kind of you. It's weird because it was, um, oh, it's uh, what's his name? The Spanish guy, uh, Carlos Lopez, me, and Taya Trr. I can't pronounce the name. She's Finnish, and uh, she's that. That Carlos is fantastic. Taya's fantastic, but it was all Paolo Gioli about thirty years before did the first one. And uh, this was before uh, digital and stuff. And it was when you can suddenly combine 200-year-old technology with modern digital image capture, combining old and new, you sort of get something different. Um, and I, I didn't invent it. And but I'm, I suppose I'm the first person to use beer cans, but I, you know, that's my problem, I suppose. But the the whole, I came, I was sussing out how to do it, and it's I suddenly just it clicked. I'd tried using neutral density filters left, right, and center. And then suddenly I thought, well, just scan them. And it was, it wasn't, I didn't invent it, but it's sort of like, that's what Tarja did. And that's also what Carlos Lopez did. And it is a, it's a wonderful thing, you know, to be able to do a picture for three months for an empty aluminum can and 30 pence worth of paper, no chemicals involved. It's something that every single kid in the world should do. Every single adult should do. It's sort of like got your art, your science, your chemistry, your physics, your IT, your yeah, sort of recycling. It's just everything that sort of Hasselblad and sort of Nikon and Canon really hate. You know, <laughs> it's sort of one fifteen thousand pound less than a Hasselblad H5, so uh, that suits me fine, really. I think there's that's something else with. I mean, I love photography. I did a degree in fine art photography, and I absolutely love it. I had to do a talk in for about social post-war UK social documentary photography the other day. That was funny. Um, somehow I got away with it, but still. Uh, but I. I absolutely love all stuff of photography, but I also sort of like love the 
you know, not so much taking the piss out of photography, but what it is. I, I like just the sort of like, you know, the cynicism it opens up, the commercial photographic world, and the you know, say more pixels, more fun, and all the rest. And pinhole photography is just such a rebel. I mean, people hate it. People hate, you know, it's taken the digital world for people to actually think it's creative. I was, I was told by the who is it now, the photographers gallery. Um, this is in the late eighties, early nineties. I showed them a load of weird pictures of drops. I, I invented this camera that was indestructible, and there's a lot to it really because. I used to work in a wood below to live in a suspension bridge and these people I was with found a body and it was just weird that somebody sort of dropped off and, you know, did the what did the deed, whatever. And so I just thought I'd do images of drops. And it just interested me of like dropping cameras off bridges, off how off it's not very nice. It's like you don't know what you think until you do it. And uh, I will do stuff first and think about it later. Um, I took these images to the photographer's gallery and they said they were pathetic. And I thought, oh, right, okay, cheers. And about a week later, popular photography in the States did something like six, seven pages about me. And I thought, oh, this is weird. <laughs> What's wrong here? So, uh, you know, I've gave up with England for a long time, you know, so it's just the way it goes. But it was the digital thing which really made it sort of like, and it was the internet that enabled people to see that pinhole photography was you know, not just one mad nut in Bristol sort of like messing about with wheelie bins. It was like a whole wave of creativity and beyond sort of like well beyond the controls and the sort of dictatorship that is five foot off the ground, free kittens in a basket, sort of like commercial photography, you know, spend more, spend more, all that stuff. And that's really sort of one of the delights. But there's so many delights in pinhole photography. It doesn't stop. I'm, you know, I just, I just sad that I'm going to run out of time sometime. You know, because there's more, more ideas than time. You know, I'm, I was, I was, um, I was, I've, I've got a book. I've got a book coming out. It's about two days time. It's going to be live and stuff. But one of the things for that is, is, is like photographing through the holes in the cream cracker and stuff, which I absolutely love. And I've just emailed uh, Popular Science in the States because they got an eclipse happening on the 21st of what August. popular science have got an eclipse happening that <laughs> yeah, is, that is a real coup the u.s oh. have got an oh, eclipse America, in August. Okay. it's the go there because if you haven't seen total solar eclipse you've got to go and see one they're amazing don't go to the partial area go to the party anyway is through the holes in a cream cracker i think it's really funny with all these people with thousand pound lenses and stuff that's what you want to do you want to go there and be aristotle just to uh, just to annoy them um yeah so there we go so i, I i'll stop breathing out now Go on, ask a question. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think probably one that I'm interested in is, because you said you, you did a, a degree in fine art photography. Um, and, and and now for quite some time, I think, a pinhole. Were you doing pinhole whilst you were doing a degree? Or did you just reach a point where you went, this isn't working for me, I need something else? I didn't do any pinhole photography. I did sort of five, four meditating in front of the trees for sort of half an hour before pressing the shutter sort of stuff, zone system, very John Blakemore, John Blakemore's my tutor and stuff and Paul Hill and people. Um, so I was a, yeah, I wouldn't say I was, I did a fine art degree, but I was sort of out of my depth, but I learned so much because, uh, you know, one of the things it taught me is that it's down to you, not what somebody else thinks. You know, you are, it's it's your life it's not 
for you to imitate or copy or do what somebody else wants you to. And the fine art approach really reinforced that. So Derby Lonsdale's I was at is it will always stick with me and it's a big part of, let's say, the self-confidence that you need to do stuff. Um, so that was brilliant. But when it came, I was head of photography at South Bristol College when um, it was 1988, 89 or something like that. And uh, I went and the kids there, some had automatic cameras, some had Zenith B, some couldn't afford cameras. And I thought, this is stupid. You can't teach this because I had to do GCSE and A-level. So I said, right, we'll make our own cameras. So I made them out of beer cans and I got hooked, really. But it's also when I got interested in Green Party stuff and uh, I was really disillusioned with uh, my photography and what i was doing at the time so yeah it was it was a weird combination of different things that that was the uh you know that was when i suddenly got hooked by pinhole photography and um i haven't really looked back since but i, I couldn't go back i couldn't go back to uh to uh, normal lenses it's just funny enough oh, that's another thing with pinhole as well is it's like if it's funny it's not art that's a fascinating area that that's really interesting you said because one of your probably most famous um uh, bodies of work is the the mouthpiece stuff you did which yeah. is um uh, to me that is just such an amazing combination of ingenuity um i mean i would must imagine sort of scientific know-how to get the results uh, and also so much humor in it um can you talk a bit about that because i suppose i'm talking about this like everybody knows certainly should do and if not yeah mouthpiece but... the, 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 we, there's a book called mouthpiece with all the pictures in and like oh what a classic it's yeah, almost most, like the most pointless book in the history of mankind it makes it so special um <laughs> yeah mouthpiece basically i invented this little 110 cartridge camera these little instamatic cartridges that got 24 color shots on and uh, i started using them because they're indestructible sort of like using them stick them on bicycle wheels playing badminton with them and dropping them off buildings and stuff so you have an indestructibility quality to a pinhole which is great and i was sat there looking out my window and i never forget it i just thought well oh, let's push it inside my mouth and it fitted <laughs> and i thought wow so then you know after sort of like you know seeing if a hasselblad fitted and i sort of gone dolphy and giving up with that one after the bellows um sorry still. Uh, basically it fits inside my mouth, and instantly i put it inside my mouth my degree in fine art photography or theory instantly went unlimited depth of field uh slave flash units bang and like it just i just knew instantly that like how to do it but and and what i didn't learn is that like if you don't go and really bare your teeth really gormless then you don't get your teeth showing because the light sort of comes through your teeth. So it's a little bit of practice, but then it was like, you know, what do you photograph from inside your mouth? And I, it's just basically anything, you know. I'm being honest with you. I mean, I've done, there was the, the it's funny actually, is my wife still here? No, she's run <laughs> off. I mean, I've done loads of things, some of which I find absolutely fascinating. I mean, I find birth and death like other people really interesting, but I did one picture of my son coming out being born from inside my mouth so i was taking a picture from inside my mouth when my first child was actually coming out with the mum which is weird now you know birth death is stuff that people find you know really difficult to contemplate there's an amazing video by a german woman and there's it's a split frame video and on one side is her daughter being born on the other side is her mum dying 
and it's timed so a mum dies exactly the same time as a daughter comes out and it's the most incredible video it might be online i don't know but it's just stunning because it's eight minutes of like knowing what's going to happen but like the two ends of life and you know doing a mouth picture of somebody being born isn't exactly that miserable to say the least it's it's just sort of stuff that theoretically no you can't do that that's disgusting at the end of the day sorry but we're all covered in placenta at one time some of us might still be for i know you know but no it's it's just really interesting and it's funny and that's a fascinating area to be in if it's funny you know if you're wacky you're not an artist it's it's a way of condescending to people oh wacky and stuff and it's uh, you get used to it after a while you know i mean i don't mind if they call me wacky as long as they buy a copy of the book you know um at the same time it's interesting to play with that people don't think it's sort of you know i, I mean the mouthpiece thing you know where is there the humor with photography there is stuff Martin Parr, like, you know, he's, he's having mm. a chat with Martin Parr about miserabilism, and he'll be right behind me, 100%, and he's cool. But, like, you know, there's a lot of other people where you've got to, you know, sure, there's there's lots of the alternative approach, but humour and funny and stuff is interesting. It should be allowed. I'm not saying it's all there is, but it should be allowed and not just sort of, like, you know, frittered away. I like a good joke. And, uh, of- yeah amazing that in a medium which the, the hallmark of it is that you are capturing chunks of time you know as you put it that that's what you're grabbing it's it's not this snap second thing and yet you managed to use it to capture comedy which is all about split second timing and you managed to do it incredibly effectively and the thing i i find about the mouthpiece pictures in particular is um they they're just incredibly incredibly composed constructed lit photographs that if somebody had taken them just with a fancy dslr you'd look at and go oh good job you've done a good job with that but you took it with a 110 cartridge in your mouth Mm. Uh, how just how Um, the i know how to do big good pinholes yeah and it's gonna be on my gravestone isn't it oh we could (laughs) drill a good hole you know tiny hole yeah for it's a about a fifth of a millimeter a fifth of a millimeter but the important thing is how thin the metal is at the point of the hole if it's like the inside edge of the hole is like a razor blade then you don't get diffraction my god i could go on i'm worse than isaac newton at that sort of boring stuff but it's basically i do, do know how to do a good quality sort of pinhole if, if i say so myself um but more than that i don't try and think what i do i don't want to think I don't also want to know what's going to happen. Do you, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're young, strapping lads and stuff. But I remember taking pictures. For when I got into colour pinhole, you know, it'd be doing the photos, taking the film into the chemist. And it'd be a week till you saw the pictures. Mm. This was normal. And it's like, yeah, no wonder I'm slow. I'm so old. You know, I'm used to that sort of thing. But that's so odd now. You know, but that pinhole thing, it still is a sort of like not knowing what's going to happen. So you you don't know. You do your sort of like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a fan of knowing what's going to happen. And I, I would say I don't really think very much. I find things funny and I have mad ideas. And then, I mean, sometimes when I do projects with kids, things just happen. You know, you're pissing about, you're playing. Only those things, if you say I'm pissing about and I'm playing, nobody will give you a degree, you know. <laughs> if you say, say you're you know, representing radio from the herd and contemporary social blah, 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 then they might give you a 2-1. But, like, <laughs> all I'm doing is I'm playing. That's nothing. 
to do with discovery and wonder and it's to do with like one's relationship with the world it's to do with like relationship with light and you know i think that's something weird that's something that connects I'm, i mean you know connects photographers with painting and all the rest and it's something that is so special and maybe you don't get true light through a digital camera hey that's weird wow <laughs> wow that might mean stuff god i could write a dissertation on that no i couldn't i couldn't be bothered but like you know <laughs> it's that sort of thing okay can i can i uh interrupt this interview most of all, i'm loving it i mean i have a ton of ton of questions uh, oh right okay and um but but one of the things is uh, an early part of my life i grew up just north of bristol actually in a village called winterbourne so a lot of what you shoot i know winterbourne yeah uh makes uh it makes a huge amount of sense to me um because i, I especially around the docks and it seems that every few years i end up w- with some kind of uh reason for working in bristol and i end up wandering around the docks and up into Clifton Village at night and stuff like that with a camera. Not a pinhole usually, but I'm just learning about pinholes. So there's the whole bit, the, the, there's that which resonates for me as well, you know, uh, but the, the t- tell me, you know, I'm looking at uh, your website and it says you've got a whole bunch of stuff booked for World Pinhole Day, all, all in and around Bristol. And and in, uh, and uh, I think in St. Paul's, which, which I yeah. know, but from way back when, it, w- it was uh, an area that had some difficulties, you know, social difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. and what have you so you know um what, what's that all about then how do you how do you well, blend we've... that that sort of you know art with fun in in an area like that well saint paul's is fun uh i i you know they had riots and stuff like that and everybody sort of like is wary of saint paul's saint paul's is an absolute blast um it's great fun there's a place basically the watershed used to be the dark rooms of bristol the watershed became sort of cinemas that make money and all the all the materials all the enlargers and all the rest went to saint paul's dark room there's a brilliant dark room there it really is and there's a bunch of us uh, about three or four of us called the real photography company i'm a director of it i've never been a director before it's great (laughs) sounds really cool power yeah kill (laughs) and uh, basically there's three of us and we're just organising events around this dark room and see if we can sort of like, you know, get bits of funding here and there and stuff. And World Pinhole Day, normally I do the Clifton Suspension Bridge, but they've run out of funding and stuff. So uh, that was that's always great laugh when I used to do them because uh, you used to pay me. Um, but this one's at St. Paul's and it's basically there's a dark room there and it's as much to get people to go to the dark room as anything else. Um, I'm doing four workshops during the day, but there's events happening all around the country, all around the world. The most important thing is just do a pinhole picture on the 30th of April and then uh, you've got to do loads of pinhole pictures. Could be digital if you want. I mean, it's a bit of a sort of naff way of doing it, but people do it. Um, I'm very biased. Uh, but then basically just do a pinhole picture and then you've got a month for which to load it up onto the pinhole day site. There's a guy called Greg Kemp who started it, who died last year, uh, who was an absolute hero of mine, a wonderful bloke. Uh, you know, pinhole photographers are sort of like, you know, we, especially before the internet, there was no way of knowing who was doing what and where. Although I used to write to a guy in New Mexico who had a few contacts with a few others, but people would just sort of mess about on themselves. And then when the internet happened, you suddenly realize these people were out there. Um, and Greg was fantastic. He was an absolute hero. Um, and very giving, you know. I think that pinhole photographers sort of like just want to sort of like get as to it as possible, which is what pinhole day is about. It's about getting people into the idea of doing minimal photography and enjoying and playing and being part of a worldwide gallery. Really, um, it's been 17 years now, 
Um, yeah, and uh, we'll see. We get about 4,000 people a year from about 70 countries taking part. Um, and it's any excuse. I'm also trying to start a Camel Obscura Day in October, uh, which is going to go down like the Titanic. It's Camelletto's 330th birthday. So look out for Camel Obscura Day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, action against refraction i don't know um it's going to be it's, it's just anything really but yeah that that whole sort of uh that whole gig's quite fun i've forgotten what on earth i'm talking about now i'm getting distracted by thinking about bristol which that's, I, that's I right because uh, yeah me, me me too but i did but but my my second question if i may be so bold so i got uh i've never done pinhole photography before but mm. uh this year i've decided to have a go partly because graham's talked me into it uh, but I, you know, I am interested and intrigued, and and the, and Graham has kindly lent me a pinhole camera as well, um, so which arrived uh, late last week, and I took three shots in my garden with it over the weekend. Yeah. Have no idea, of course, what's going to come out. Um, <laughs> but uh, as a complete newbie, have you got like one or two bits of advice that you you can uh, help me out with? Yeah, ground level. Never use a tripod. Yeah, don't use a tripod. Right. Tripod's okay. So I failed that already. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, it's depth of field, you see. You've got unlimited depth of field. And if you have it raised on a tripod, you're losing all the foreground background relationship. Pinhole, pinhole, pinholes aren't lenses. Lenses look at a flat plane, like a view. Pinholes look at foreground background. And because we can't see foreground background ourselves, only the pinhole can, you don't think in that way. So you have to pre-visualize what the hole is seeing, what the pinhole is seeing. So you need to put it in the grass, let's say, you know? Something low down, something so it's actually on the ground. Amongst grass is fantastic because then you've got these massive blades of grass around the place. Um, so that's the first thing I'll say. Second thing, I mean, I'm not sure what pinhole camera you've got, but it uh, it's, uh, sounds as if it's just a normal pinhole camera of some sorts. What is it? What species? Do you know? Uh, it's an ondu. Ondu? Yeah. Yeah, no idea. It sounds like a Lomo gig, yeah? <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's, yeah, well, actually, it's, a beautiful, piece, it's a, a beautiful piece of wood. Um, it's, a, it's a 126 ah. by 12. Uh, oh gosh a, i know i know uh, and it's it's held to get uh, it's all held together by uh, what i can imagine are neodymium magnets because they're really really strong tiny magnets fantastic right the other thing and it's great it's using electronic flash because this is what i do with the the mouth cameras and quite a lot of others is actually you get a handheld flash gun put it onto manual i mean it's sounding a bit you know, photographic theory here i mean one on a camera won't work but if you've got an old handheld flash gun or find somebody who's got one you put it onto manual so it's full power and then do pictures of things about three centimeters away and you've got this sort of like bang explodes i find things like baked beans and stuff look great um you know or your teeth or just anything really revolting you know toes go for it you know i'm sure you've got some awful, uh, why stop there come on you know okay oh, now, you know, i, I so, can think of lots of reasons why to stop there so now you're really, okay. now you're really speaking to me because i you know i you wouldn't know this of course but you know flash photography is is one of my things it's one of the things i love to do is to play oh, with light yep. so tell me so i i mean i've got a, a, a ton of flash guns lying around right. that's no bother Have you got any slave units you got any with slave units Oh yeah, yeah. They all have. They all got radios yeah. in. Everything, anything you want. I can shoot off. Yeah, four of them at full power in one go if necessary. That I use two. I use one twenty-four guide number, one thirty-two guide number, which actually broke the other day. It's a real drag. <laughs> I nicked it as well. And I nicked it from the college that made me redundant. I never gave it back. <laughs> it's broken. Them. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that's God having his own way. Um, but basically get two sort of handheld strongish flash guns pointing at the subject not at the pinhole 
and then synchronize them with a slave unit so they go bang and illuminate the subject. Right. It's weird. Okay. Nobody does it. Nobody uses electronic flash with pinhole, but it's you can do and even do it during if it's sun, like the foreground and frozen and stuff, and the background going mad. You know, you can sort of like combine sort of movement and the works. You could do you know you can do flash pictures of water splashes and stuff, pinhole water splashes. You know, I've done stuff looking down showers and things, and you know you you can start really playing about. Um, electronic flash pictures through puddles of sort of like with glass slides with droplets of water on and you know the fact you can't see what you're getting is is means that you just got to explore with your head you know it's your brain's the viewfinder you know that's that's the that's the fi- that the image it's almost like the final image happens before you actually see it you know it's, it's what you think something will look like you know the best photos you've ever taken are the ones that you you know mess the film up with you know <laughs> they're the ones you've never seen and uh, that's sort of like pinhole because you don't actually get to see the picture till later, and it's sort of like that's that's a weird exploration. It's almost like finish, you know. It's each photograph is a chapter of a book, and until you actually get through the whole thing, it's a real shame that people only do a few pictures and then stop. You know, you got to get through the whole book, and then sort of like when you get your photos back, you get sort of uh, some sort of understanding, you know. Even if that is sort of like I shouldn't have left the lens cap on or something, I don't know. <laughs> but you know, there's a that sort of I, I, you know, it sounds a lovely camera. I mean, anything that's one twenty is good. Usually, the problem you get with pre-built cameras is the pinhole isn't close enough to the film plane. With nine by twelve, you need to have a pinhole. You should have a pin. I think I know the camera, and I think it's got a pinhole which is about six or seven centimeters away. I think it should be more like four or five centimeters away. But I don't think it makes much difference. I think you've got a really good one there. There's a zero image camera that they make, which is also very, very good. And I think it's fairly similar to that. Um, yeah, there's, there's a few. I mean, I, I would say I'm more into just emptying, emptying a can of beer, really, myself. <laughs> well, well this, this brings us on really nicely, actually, Justin, because we've actually um, been running a competition this month because it's Worldwide Pinhole Photography Day. And we're having a competition with our listeners saying, basically... It's not about the photographs. Um, I mean, obviously, I would love to see people's pinhole photographs, but I want to see people making um, uh, interesting slash insane pinhole cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are absolutely the man to talk to about this because, as you've alluded to, you've made pinhole cameras from everything from beer cans to the dustbins that they've come in, um, amongst, I would imagine, various other things. Can you give us some advice on making pinhole cameras out of weird things, particularly uh, because this is something that I want to try and do, if you've ever made a pinhole camera out of a vegetable? Because you did oh, mention you made one out of a custard cream earlier. Um, I tried making one out of a pepper the other day. wasn't a total success. <laughs> Maybe it's the wrong coloured pepper. Yeah, um, that's pointed out to me. Yeah, yeah no, it used to be a red one to stop the, the paper going. The making cameras and all the rest is just something that's such a again it's a real liberating thing you're sort of not worried about the quality of the image you're more worried about the sort of whole process involved in creating this image you know it's like what do you photograph with a bread roll you know <laughs> it's it's like you can but no one's if it's also going into things of the unknown no one's ever done it before the one thing i say and this is a real drag when you say stuff you know that like you know you're coming towards uh yeah, a bit closer to death when you start talking about one thing I'd like to do is, but I I need to do an exhibition of edible cameras because like I just it just it, there's it's just there to be done, 
you know, you end up, we could end up with the opening day of everybody eating stuff, eating all the cameras. <laughs> and it just seems to be the right thing to do. It's sort of like, I, I it just seems as if it has to happen. You know, it's, it's, it's just one of those bizarre sort of areas. I mean, I can think of stuff to play with, with different types of food and all the rest. And, you know, it's just needs to be done. If, if, even if it's just to annoy people, it's just (laughs) there. And, you know, if you're annoying someone, you're getting somewhere. I think, I think that's, you know, I think that really is something, you know, people can't cope with it. I've suggested to the photographer's gallery. I said, look, I'll do an exhibition of edible cameras and they just sort of smile and say, that's nice dear. eat your tea and stuff. Um, <laughs> but I will. And like, that'll learn them. I mean, I, you know, it's, I, 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 there's, there's a whole load of different approaches. I mean, it's a very different game, the making cameras because every camera then has got different sort of, you know, opportunities of using it, you know, whether it be indestructible or whether it be a massive wheelie bin or whether it be sort of like fruit, vegetables or, a Wayne Belger, like his cameras. I don't know if you know his boy of blue dot com. No, um, no, I don't. Oh my god! I mean, he's an amazing guy. I sort of know him. He was born a twin, and his twin brother died at birth, so he lives his brother's life as well as his own. And one of his camera cameras has got a human heart embedded in it, which is his sort of gig. It's uh, from a, from a a medical cabinet. It's a child's heart, and other others of his pinhole cameras. They pump HIV blood round in front of it from the actual sitter. There's another one. Where, I mean, it just goes on. It's not the sort of stuff to impress your gran with, but like, my God, the guy's cool. And what, this what is the sort against? Sorry, do, Wayne Belger. Wayne, Wayne Belger. Bel- yeah, Boy of Blue is his website. Look at it. It's human skulls. There's, a, there's, it's incredible. He's incredible. But that's the epitome of like creating a camera. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very special. And, you know, that's pinhole photography, but it's beyond that. It's rather like solography. That's beyond sort of like photography. One problem with pinhole photography, it's got the word, the word photography beside it. And that's another area which I find really interesting right now is, you know, science versus art. And it's been since digital, really, that the schism between art versus science is getting really mixed up. And that's fantastic. You know, in my day, if you're brain needed science if you thick you did art you know or photography in my case um but nowadays there isn't that much of a divide and it's really good things and not only looking at the sort of scientific beauty about stuff and exploring in things like that but also just sort of oh, i've forgotten what i'm talking about oh i was gonna say something fantastic then and i got distracted by seeing a lonely planet guide to turkey just over there. Sorry about that. Oh well. I was going to say something really profound. God, well, up. I mean, that, that's like the pictures you don't take because the film's messed up. This that, that comment will be the most profound one that you would have made this evening. So we can exactly. all just bask in that. It's there in another universe somewhere. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. But that I, I love the building of cameras. Anyway, it is really fun. There's a, a one of my favourite pictures is um, from Jay, who I always forget his surname. He's in San Francisco. And he just builds cameras out of things he finds all over the place and junk shops. But he's got this one. He found a biscuit tin uh, and it had a Ansel Adams picture on the front. And so he went and put a hole in the middle of the biscuit tin picture. And then he made a pinhole camera out of it and then took it to the same place in Yosemite that the picture was taken. So he did a picture of the view of the picture through the hole in the picture. 
and it's like being bothered. There's only I'd say to my students, I teach down in Falmouth and stuff. I say to my students, there's only two things you can do in life, and one is be bothered, and the other is not be bothered. And people like that are being bothered. People who are, you know, photographing a camel through the eye of a needle, they're being bothered. It's so easy not to. It's so easy to sort of like, but like being bothered is so special. You know, it's it's like. You know, it's, I suppose, the difference between being a sheep and being a human. Mind you, I quite like sheep. All right. Don't know why I said that. I'm being unfair to sheep. <laughs> My best friends are sheep. <laughs> Let's not go there. Get off. Okay, this is a self-winding up interview. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued. I mean, given how clearly the experimentation is a really big part of all this for you. I mean, how... Cause even just in my limited experimentation, failure is a big part. I mean, I would say the dominant part of all of my experiments. I mean, have you got any advice on either just ways of maybe mitigating the, the amount of failure or or just, um, you know, advice on how to deal with that constant failure? Yeah, no, failure is fantastic. No, it's like, it's, it, you know, you wouldn't have success if you didn't have failure, would you? And, you know, I don't think it's like somebody said, what's your favorite pinhole picture? And it's always the next one. You know, I've got loads that I do love. I mean, there's one, you know, there's one I recently refound, which is the one on the, oh God, what is it? Well, I've put a camera on the, my copy of Sergeant Peppers for the last note of a day in life and stuff. Um, and things like that. So you're photographing a note, photographing a duration of time of one note and stuff. Weird things, playing with things like that. But, I oh, see, I've forgotten again. See, what happens when you get old. We get stuff. Oh, dear. But anyway, it's, it's uh, yeah, for pin-off talk, it's a laugh, isn't it? Do, do, you, do you get more enjoyment? I mean, obviously, you've got lots of pictures, and you're sought after to take mm. pictures for, you know, all sorts of institutes now because of the work you've done. But what, what bit is it that you, like, is it getting the picture at the end or is it just taking the photo? I mean, it never got a picture. Would you be that bothered? Yes, but it, I never am when it happens. It's it is it is a process. You hear people sort of going on about this, but it's the pre-visualization. It's like you know Ansel Adams, Edward Weston. They both pre-visualized tonality, and it's where sort of like you know their images come from. They were masters right the way through. You know of the you know right the way through to the type of paper you'd print on, type of condenser and larger type of you know all that stuff and the chemistry and the sort of like you know mastering the whole thing right the way through and the you know the failures and this sort of going through this whole process it's really funny when things do work i i I have in the past now and again when something's worked, I thought, oh, that's boring. It's rather like with solographs now. I mean, I love the solographs, and you know, I've tried to do a few of Stonehenge and stuff and things like that. But what I'm doing now is I'm sticking them onto tall ships. So I've got these cameras that are actually sort of going across the Atlantic on sort of tall ships with masts and things. Wow. So that's actually giving, you know, so we're seeing what six months of a camera stuck on a mast would look like. And, you know, playing with things like that is it's almost as that's why six month cameras are so good is you are in the lap of the gods you don't know what's going to happen or whether the thing's going to sort of still be there it's a it really is sort of like you're riding a unicycle you don't know you know when you're going to fall off um 
and that's you know you have to feel as if you're falling and that's like riding a unicycle i only i wouldn't say exactly riding one now to say the least but when i used to ride one which wasn't very often and hopefully nobody's got any pictures um because <laughs> uh you know there we go not very good for an old punk um but basically you have to feel as if you're falling the whole time and that's what pinhole photography is you have to let go of the the idea that you know what you're doing and you know what's going to happen so there's no such thing as any failure with pinhole there's just exploring and playing and you know playing with light playing with time and uh you know it leaves you enough money afterwards to be able to sort of go off and have a nice life and not work too much has there been anything that you have an idea that's popped into your head you thought oh i, I i'm going to do this this is going to be good that has just actually you've not managed to make it work at all has there ever been anything that is still in the back of your mind thinking i want to have another crack at this and this time i'm gonna nail it i'd love the mouth picture of my son coming out that was funny because he was breech birth and you <laughs> see his face and that would have been great there's also some other ones which i can't tell you about because it's disgusting <laughs> but um that's a real shame because that's the one time that i sort of like lost my nerve and it's a real shame because like i was on a roll when it came to self-confidence and i yeah things were getting pretty mad i mean you know sort of what you know people think robert mapple thought was his fine art and stuff and uh people would have thought mine wasn't but like uh it was very interesting where i was going and somebody found out and took the piss and i couldn't keep doing that direction which was rather a shame but you know i may have ended up in prison so <laughs> it wasn't that bad um <laughs> It's interesting, you know, where do you go with these things? I, there's loads I'd like to, you know, I want to get, you know, putting these six-month cameras on on the master ships and stuff like that. Well, you know, I haven't seen any results yet. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with them. And, uh, yeah, seeing what happens next, because uh, there must be some more ideas out there. Are you surprised by where this this interest has led you because it seems to have taken you to some pretty weird places that you probably wouldn't have imagined when you started off with it. Oh yeah. God, I went to Romford a few years ago. <laughs> oh my God. Really? I know. It's great. Have you ever... I'm amazed you got out again. Yeah, I know. I had a real blast actually. Romford central. It was, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it was actually on Dubai. Um, yeah going to places yeah it's mad isn't it i mean i do sort of end up sort of like using it as an excuse to go i one it doesn't always work i was trying to get iceland interested because i'm off to the states in may um and i was going to go via iceland and try and do a few talks and lectures there but like they weren't interested which is a pity but i did a fantastic thing in hong kong last year which was great and new zealand and you know wherever i go i'll try and evolve a bit of talks around it and you end up sort of like you know going to places australia america and romford so you know what more could you want really and how did you end up as an advisor on the film The Brothers Bloom? I have no idea. No, I got <laughs> phoned up. I was in on a train on the way back from Falmouth Uni. And I got a phone call. And it was Chrissy who phoned me up, my wife. She said, look, I've just been phoned up by somebody in Belgrade. And I thought, what? Anyway, and then sort of like just started chatting. And it was Ryan Johnson. He'd done Brick. And uh, he was... Um, doing this film the brothers bloom so just started chatting with him he really loved pin photography like my pin photography and wanted to use my photos and build a few cameras and stuff so yeah went over there and had a stupid time and uh he's now directing the next star wars and i get to romford 
<laughs> cool. Ah, he doesn't know what he's missing. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> you need to call him up and try and say, "Look, you know, I, I need to get some. I need to get I some know. six months pinholes on the M- Millennium Falcon. This has oh, to happen." Believe, believe me, like you know, I'm afraid. Sort of like you know, I, I haven't heard from him for several months, and and uh, I probably once you've got anything to do with Star Wars, then you're, you're just in a protective shell. Because like you know, you people will sort of like sell your breath on eBay and stuff. <laughs> Absolutely mad, the whole thing. Um, but like, uh, yeah, the brothers Bloom isn't like that, thank God. No, it's it's fun. I mean, there's there's other things that happen, like being involved with books or being involved with. I used to do bits of music stuff as well. That was fun. I used to, I liked doing playing music fun. Um, but now it's a, um, it's all sort of gone into a sort of realm of science and camera obscurers and eye skewers these things you put on your head and see the world upside down and that's a fascinating sort of art versus science sort of like game it's not pinhole it uses a lens but you still see the world live upside down back to front you have a giant eye on your head and it's it's great fun it really it gets me into festivals and stuff in the summer so that's cool um so you know it's 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 very interesting and i think the science art mixture is really good the old tech versus new tech mixtures is fantastic all these things open up and uh you know often they're things that have never been encountered before which is really fun the the um the stuff you're doing now as you said with the the ice cure and stuff like that i mean it, it does feel like the you really are leaning more into that what what can science and light do to make stuff interesting for people i, I mean I suppose there's not really any way to get that out to people other than going to festivals and stuff like that. What what's been people's response to it? They laugh. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a giant eye you're putting on their head. It's a giant eye, but it's more the experience when you put it on your head. The world looks so weird. It's amazing, and so people keep them on their heads for a long time. It's not wandering about, and everybody sees this, and everybody wants to go, and it sort of like just multiplies. But it's sort of I tell people it's what you'd see if you didn't have a brain because <laughs> uh, it's all back to run upside down as it's projected on your you know your iris basically um but it is interesting it's very strange because it it's a live experience it's not something you can once you film it it's not there you know that's the mm. same with optical projections it's like you know if you did a digital projection of an optical projection the magic is lost which is really strange it's not the image it's the sort of live light which is the thing that matters strange how that works and uh, again it's that magic box that camera obscura that sort of you know may enable people to draw perspective and things like that but to go into a camera obscura and see it won't be the one on the downs or in bristol or edinburgh or you know putting a big eye on your head at sort of like green man or or whatever you know it's it's fascinating to play and the it's 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 optics it's light and it's a you know, it's an experience thing. And I quite like that, the performance art side of stuff. It's very different to a sort of like, you know, 10 by 8 print on a wall. So, uh, you know, that's fun. I'll probably it, sort of start playing bagpipes next. I don't know. <laughs> that would be that. That would be you. Excellent, um, yes. It, it's, I mean, it's, we, last week we had um, Rachel from Little Vintage Photography, and she's yeah. got a caravan obscura. And mm. it, she was saying that one of the most fun things for her is getting the, the kids in there who are just amazed by this thing going it's in hd it's in yeah. color H- how yeah. how is how is it because i get it still it's in color but no kids have ever seen a black and white tv in their lives <laughs> but they still say oh it's in color 
That is What's a, that happening? Is a very good it's process. weird. I can understand that for sort of old people like me, but it still happens. Kids say, "Oh, it's in colour," and you think, "Well, what isn't?" You know. But it's true. They do. They they're amazed and having a a van with people to go in and stuff. I mean, it's great fun. You know, it's it really is, and they're very easy to do. I mean, one of the things I suppose I'm doing now, and I got this book, Discovering Light, and it's just it's for secondary teachers and stuff, and it's to do with getting as many people as possible, you know, making camera obscuras and, you know, creating a load of wonder for people in schools and stuff, because that's what you need in life. You need people to sort of wonder beyond sort of like, you know, insular thoughts and stuff, just people to think outwards and, uh, you know, inspire others, I suppose. And, and I think that camera obscuras and pinhole cameras and six month exposures with a beer can sort of do that, you know. It's it can be analysed to the sort of the nth degree or you can just accept the fact it's as cool as hell and uh, you know, get on with it and you know, I don't want people to be feel they can't do stuff. Yeah. And um so hopefully you know, the obscurers will yeah, I'd I'd love every school in the world to have a couple of ice cures. But I haven't yet worked out a way of making them sort of like sort of inflatable or whatever. I don't know. It's uh, there are things people can build if they want to. You know, I've chucked that on the web. I've blown <laughs> that one when it comes to copywriting. <laughs> you oh, you well. do you do seem to uh, delight in just um, sharing. Uh, you mentioned earlier how that the people in the pinhole world seem to be very much about sharing knowledge and stuff, and that certainly seems to be the case for you. I mean, you you've got great tutorials online for making um, pinhole cameras and, and just all sorts of stuff out there. And you've also you've got your book. So we, we talked earlier about um, your mouthpiece book and you've got another one as well, haven't you? Your um, how to make a paper camera. Is that right? Yeah, that was weird. That's weird. <laughs> Being honest, the words in it are fantastic. The words are brilliant. And 80% of that is very good. What isn't good is suddenly finding that like, you know, the publisher turns around and says, right, you've got to do a digital three chapters on digital pinhole i said look i don't really want to you know pinhole telephoto pinhole doesn't work oh you got to anyway and so it was a little bit of a compromise and the actual folding cameras was it's amazing designs are really fun and the camera does work very well but it's not for kids it's too complicated by far easier just to empty a can i mean though it wasn't my complete control this book that i've done now discovering light is apart from the title, uh, it's a hundred percent what I wanted to go in. Now it's been guided by educational stuff, but I'm so chuffed that the publishers have let me do what I wanted to do. The only problem with the title was it was going to be called Photon Fun, which <laughs> I really love. Um, but there was some publisher distributor who just wasn't happy about that and since you have to get these books on educational sort of websites we had to go with discovering light it's rather a shame yeah photon fun it's good i think oh, well. schools lean more towards discovering them fun which is always disappointing yeah i think that's the problem i think you're right so yeah. is is this book going to be available for people to get hold of no it's going to be available and it's it would be i wouldn't say everyone should go out and buy one well i would but again you should i mean you're a terrible self-publicist you exactly no the um it would be good for it'd be brilliant if anybody's doing workshops for anybody else or anybody's trying to teach their kids fun stuff yeah you could easily inspire your kids with it 
I mean, it's it, it really is sort of like I, do, I teach a lot of homeschool groups, primary schools, secondary schools. You know, it's all to do with finding wonder. Yeah, the whole lot right the way through. And uh, I don't think there's there's one bit I couldn't improve on, which was sundials. There's so many brilliant sundial creations out there but the rest of it some of them are fantastic like you know making a digital projector for a pound you know <laughs> that's not bad this uh, it just sounds awesome i mean aid it's not I... a very good digital projector it's got to be <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> i've not to slow mine in the bin well maybe i won't <laughs> oh, well. but but you know aid and i like you you know we've got kids and we want to keep get them engaged and enjoying this stuff. And um, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing this book because I, I, I spent last weekend. Um, I think I mentioned in the email to you trying to make a beer can pinhole, but trying to make it just like a instant camera, well, as instant as pinhole can be, as opposed to a solography one. And um, yeah. the boys oh, were yes. there with. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing wrong there. I think that, like, I mean, the exposure times with a tiny pinhole, and it's got to be sort of fairly small. To use a drawing pin, it's too big. I think maybe, I don't know. But the pin's got to be a sort of matte pin, or a sort of like, you know, one of these dressmaking pins. And then with photographic paper, a beer can would be about three seconds in sunlight. Yeah, it was a really small hole. Um, but uh, I think that's the thing. <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier. And, um, you know, and some paper and um, some uh gaffer tape incidentally that was probably the most useful thing i learned from your video was how to correctly use gaffer tape so oh, thanks yeah. for that oh, yeah. um and 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 just the pin and it is the most fun you can have with a tiny prick i think it's um <laughs> <laughs> oh this is good i have actually got a page i've got a good page of um actually, i'm gonna use that one um i've got a good page of jokes in the book actually because there's a whole load of starters for kids and it's like come up with the punchline of the jokes and stuff and all to do with light such as where do naughty rainbows end up do you know no i don't in prism oh. <laughs> oh, yeah sorry about that anyway on that note <laughs> on that note yeah we're not going to be able to top that i don't think are we? <laughs> so <laughs> listen justin uh, thank you ever so much for coming on the show uh it's been a pleasure and an honor to talk to you and i've just been giggling here quietly to myself for the last 50 minutes or so <laughs> Yeah, I've had a laugh as well. Cool. Excellent. So okay. We do like to make sure, though, that you get the opportunity to promote yourself. Uh, that 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 is the the uh, the the price we allow uh, to be charged. So, where would you like to uh, send our listeners to find your work uh, of whatever kind, educational, commercial, whatever, on the internet? Oh, pinholephotography.org. I would say, look at the how to make a six-month duration exposure camera video and do that. Everyone has to. Uh, life's too short not to. And, you know, astronomy, science, all of that is such an amazingly fantastic thing that makes you realize we're only on a tiny planet that we've got to sort of keep going somehow. And also it forces you to buying a can of beer. So, you know, <laughs> I think that's the answer. <laughs> Fun for families all over the place. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, thanks loads then. Thanks, Justin. Bye. Cheers then. Bye. Blimey. Um, 
Oh, Justin, what an amazing guest. Um, you know, uh, a show all unto himself. And uh, thank him again very much for coming on uh, so that we can have a very focused pinhole-oriented show on the run-up to World Pinhole Photography Day. Graham, could you please remind everybody when that is exactly? So World Pinhole Day is this coming Sunday, which is the 30th. Uh, it's not far away. So get your cameras ready, get them loaded with film, make them if necessary. As Justin pointed out, they can be anything from a beer can with a hole in it um, to whatever your mind's eye can capture. And I still have not seen any crazy pinhole cameras being shared with us yet. So please, I hope Justin has inspired you to get and make something. Um it can be just get a biscuit tin and poke a hole in it that's all you need to do and shove some sort of um light sensitive material inside of it it really is as simple as that and it's just good fun to do it is it's it's uh, certainly uh, the first couple of shots that i've taken with the on do you lent me uh is it's been a really interesting exercise and i'm really pleased to hear you could do flash photography with pinhole as well that's totally where i'm going next I'm so i'm very excited to see those results eh? yeah yeah they're gonna be who knows what they're gonna be that's the whole point isn't it anyway right so you also have a look forward for us for next week as well don't you Yes, next week I am going to be catching up because we have had some awesome emails sent into us over the last week and obviously this week's show has been a real um, just blast of conversation with Justin so we're going to push those to next week. Um, so if you would like to send us an email we're going to have a bit of a bulk section on emails next week so if you've thought oh i might get around to it but do it get your emails in for next week um i it's i've had some great ones i'm really looking forward to talking about them and reading them out um the other thing for next week which you mentioned last week is if you've got any app recommendations as well because we might try and get to that next week as well but yeah especially emails get your emails in for next week okay i'll send you an email buddy thanks i appreciate it <laughs> okay and on that note it is time to close the show uh you can get in touch with us at sunny 16 podcast pretty much anywhere these days um you could even post us a letter actually that's probably not true um but you can get us on our myspace account um i believe uh we're on geo cities um uh, or alternatively um you could get us on instagram uh, twitter Flickr, uh email gmail of course uh, at sunny 16 podcast uh, we would like to say thanks, as we do every week, to three particular people. One, to Chris, at Pixelated Photographer, for hosting the podcast. Thank you, Chris. Uh, secondly, to Bill Owens for the show notes. I'm not even going to ask Graham this week where he's at with those, but thank you, Bill. And thirdly, Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, uh, Supreme Master of Incidental Music under Creative Commons license. Anybody else you want to say thank you to, Graham? there are loads of people but i'm going to save it till next week because i'm just too disorganized this week i just let's just say thank you to justin because he was very busy he has a very busy life and so he managed to just grab that hour with him and boy did he cram it full of awesomeness <laughs> he did indeed all right folks uh you've had a little signpost to what you'll get from us next week uh we'll speak to you then bye-bye bye one thing i wanted to ask about that we didn't get a chance to how how do you take a <laughs>
picture with a custard cream biscuit. I can't even. <laughs> There's just so many things. He just, so many questions he kind of answered. So many more questions raised by those answers. Ah, <laughs> oh, well. Mm.